everyone. Happy Wednesday night. Beautiful, beautiful day. Again, as confusing as it is outside, it is nice, and I'm loving it. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah, not from Maple. Oh, yeah. A few I'm moments sorry. of silence for yeah. Maple season. Yes. Um, so we are continuing on tonight uh, in Romans. And those of you that are with us, you know this is our format for Wednesday night, which is kind of a radio show meets Bible study meets uh, current events and um, just really whatever else we feel like throwing in there. Uh, and certainly that does happen. So we're in Romans. We've been covering Romans chapter 12 going through verse by verse um, for pretty much the whole semester, if you will. Um, so tonight, if you have your Bibles, we're going to be in Romans chapter 12 at verse 14. That's good, because that's the one that I looked at. Perfect. You only had to know one verse. Yeah. So, uh, bless those who persecute you. Bless and do not curse. You have heard people say, maybe you've said it. I know I have heard it all my pastoral, youth pastoral life. Brother Ben, I do not understand the and I will usually ask them, do you understand the verse that says, do unto others as you would have them do unto you? And without hesitation, without exception, well, well yeah, then start there, is what I tell them. Start there. Light obeyed increases light. Mark Twain famously said, it's not the verses in God's word that I don't understand that give me the problem. It's the verses that I do understand that give me a problem. So as way of introduction, this... That was introduction. That was... Yeah. I mean, just jump into the deep end of the pool. This verse should not have any issue or problem with understanding. The issue and problem is it's doing application. It. <laughs> it's in the yes. application. Doing. So, and they're, and they're talking about this not cussing, not right? Oh, no. <laughs> no, it's not my go-to. <laughs> yeah. Does it say they're cursed? No, no, oh, cursed no, not. No. Oh, gone. Okay, so yeah, fudge. <laughs> but I didn't say the the what is not the hard part. The how is. Well, we know what this means. We know what the what is. Don't fight back, don't curse, don't stew, don't plot, don't divide, don't connive, don't hate. But what do I do to bless? How can I bless my enemy? How can I bless those that are persecuting me? Well, I just wrote down a few here, and we'll just then open it up to the rest of the panel. Pray for them, forgive them, smile, help them, plan. What do I mean by that? Plan for ways. Look for opportunities. Refrain from doing what you want to do. Give. And then lastly, restore. It was Dr. Hooks here years ago that said, you know that you have forgiven someone when you restore them back to the same level of fellowship that they had before the offense. And again, that's something that rolls off the tongue. It's very difficult. The application is difficult. You bet you bet. So again, the, you know, chapter 12 is the practical outliving of the doctrinal truths that are found in Romans, you know, basically 1 to 10. And so you and I are told by Paul through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit 
that one of the ways that we can communicate this great love that you and I have found in Jesus Christ is to bless those that persecute us. So, so let me ask a question to follow up with that. With the word persecute, I mean, today, let's face it, as Americans, we, we don't, it's not like people are running this down in the streets and, you know, whips and, Yet. you know, Yet, crucifixions happening on the street corners. I mean, it's not like the same type of day and time that, the, you know, the setting of Romans when it was written and, and, and the societal differences between the two that I'm trying to highlight there. So what, what is persecution for us today? I mean, do we, do, we, do we even really, are we persecuted? Do we suffer persecution? Gavin's talking. You can't see him, and you can't hear him. <laughs> right. And she said, Steve, whatever his name was, I'm sorry, but I can't do this for you. Here's another florist that you can. This, this, I. It's against my belief to support gay wedding. And she had done many times supplied him with flower arrangements, done things for him. But this, she couldn't do it for the wedding. So subsequently, someone in the ACLU found out about it and took her to task on that. that, that so people, uh, um, Christians are being persecuted. We, we not, not across the board, but there is persecution. S significant persecution. So, so could we equate, do, do you equate in your, with that being said, because I completely agree with you, that there are some, you know, some intense battles going on based off of just the, the faith beliefs that, you know, other Christians have. So do, do we also associate our day-to-day -day difficulties as persecution with bosses, with spouses, with uh, family, other believers, friends, family? Yeah. I mean, is, is that, does it, is it, is it, the, the, is it the same thing? Or, or you know, and, and I'm, I'm asking. So yeah. in other words, is it just any opposition that comes against you? Exactly. So not just persecution as Christians, but just in general, You've got a beef with someone. You yeah. didn't go looking for it, but now you've got that everyday thing. Exactly. I, I believe that the context here is absolutely general. You know, uh, I've got a little subtitle here above verse 9. Behave like a Christian. Hmm. And so um, certainly the, the Word of God, uh, the Holy Spirit, expects us to behave in this manner to whoever is giving us a hard time for whatever reason. I do believe that Christian persecution is on the uptick. Uh, I mean, throughout the world, for sure. And yes, in the United States, uh, on, on a scale of 1 to 10, 1 being 1960s, everybody's proud to be a Christian, everybody goes to church type thing, except those involved in the sexual revolution, uh, that... It was a one, and, and so now it would be closer to a three or a four in the United States. In the world, it's probably a 12 or a 13 um, because, you know, people are dying for their faith in Christ by, at the hands of Muslims or fill in the blank. Sure. And, and that's, what, uh, that's all I was looking for was sure. just for me, you know, I, and I go back to the thing at teen conference or Youth, youth Alive, wherever it was at uh, a year or so ago where they showed the video of the... Uh, 
the Christians that were handcuffed to the floor. And I don't know if anybody was there and saw that. But I mean, that, that's what I, when I hear the word persecute or persecution, and I, when I read this, I thought, well, I'm really not persecuted. But then the more I thought about it, I thought, but I think that in as much as my first blush with this was, it's pretty face value. I mean, it's, it's pretty self-explanatory. This thing, they say said, it twice. How are we going to talk about this? They for say 15? bless, and yeah. then they say it again. Yeah. Clay, in right. case you didn't so, catch the first time. Yeah, I mean, how are we going to talk about this for 15 minutes? But the more I thought about it, I thought, you know, this kind of applies to yeah. all of the little rubs that I have with family, with coworkers, with bosses, with, you know, whatever it may be. And, and you can apply that. And my last thing was, was I, the word that I got when I was having a problem, with, an issue with someone was that I could potentially be the, the factor that God was using to cause that person to see Jesus in the world. And, and that was, that was like earth shattering for me that, you know, I was, I had some real angst <laughs> towards this person. I, and I'm, I'm, it was definitely sinful to, to, to say it best, if not harmful to myself. And so, but when, when the person that I sought counsel from said that, I was like, no, no, no way, no, absolutely. You know, I took my, took my toy out of that sandbox and stomped off. But the more I thought about it driving away from that, I was like, wow, that's, that's pretty It's cool. pretty scary that God leaves that responsibility in our hands. Yeah. I, and I, I think, God, boy, you're misplacing that, that responsibility. <laughs> I'm mad. <laughs> and I think that, you know, all of us, Depending on where you're at, and, and, and I think there's a uh, an ebb and flow, you know, um, high points and low points in all of our lives where we struggle with perceived wrongs, mm -hmm. you know, whether it be from the boss. Um, I, I just have been made aware of a situation that's got nothing to do with this congregation here, but of a lady that has severe allergies and someone on the workforce seemingly, apparently, on purpose, wears perfumes that just sends her into orbit, you yeah. know? I mean, into a medical episode yeah. and does not have one minute's problem with it. But yet, obviously, the person that's struggling with the medical episodes does have a problem with it. Yeah. But she's not in a position where she can change it. She's tried. And so what do you, what do, you do, Yeah, you know? You, you bless them, you do your best to, to love them and hang in there, you know, and, and watch God work. Cheryl Fleischman says the Christian life isn't natural. It's not, not supposed to be natural, right. it's supernatural. Mm. It's Amen. Not, it's not easy. You said that it shouldn't be easy. Right. Uh, not that it's been tried and found easy, it's been left untried and right. unwanted. And, and I think that that's the thing that's so pivotal for not, you know, myself and those people hopefully those of you that are listening that are in the same position that you're living real life like every day, you know, that it's not about a monumental Billy Graham situation. It's about getting through the day. So, sometimes the minute, the hour, you know, just I just got to make it yeah. to that next. I got to get out the door with the person that's wearing the perfume, you know. And so right. I, I think that that is where this verse applies to all of us, and we can use, we can almost, we can make this a go-to in that sometimes those days that drudge on, you, you can go back to this, and this can be an anchor in those times, so. Well, and, and as Christians, we're pretty quick to react against something that seems super, you know, fantastical or, or whatever, but the reality is, is to bless someone who's persecuting you 
is beyond yours and my fleshly ability. Mm-hmm. It, it is supernatural. supernatural. Right. We, we, we maybe the only evidence that some unbeliever has that there is supernatural. That's, that's supernatural. right. And sometimes it's a test. I'm you telling you, so there are times where people that know. I mean, if you, if you have professed to be a Christian, some people are just going to try you to make sure. And, and they are going to do everything in their power to get you to act un-Christian so they can say, see, yeah, I told you're, just, you're just like all the rest of those hypocrites. And, and that is... Sometimes that's the blessing to them is to, to not be that hypocritical person, to, to live, and, and it's hard. It's definitely not, it's definitely not natural. Vince Vitale is one of uh, Robbie Zacharias' underling po- po- apologists, and he was telling the story about uh, Pastor Ahmed. I think it's Ahmed or Ahmed Ahmed in uh, North Africa. In North Africa, the population of Christians used to be 20%. Now it's down to 2% because of the... Muslim, um, the Muslim areas, Islam is riding hard on North Africa, driving out Christians, killing Christians, so the population is down to 2% Christians in North Africa. He's one of them, and in his village, they have one side that's the Christian side, and they have the other side that's the Muslim side, and one day, he saw some girl run by his house, and it was on a school day, and she was in school, so he went out and was taking her to task, why aren't you in school? So she said, but my family doesn't have enough money to go to school, to, to send me to school. And he felt convicted. He said, well, our church will take care of the cost. You, you take me to your family, and we'll tell them what we're going to take care of the cost. Guess where she lived? Huh. On, on the, the other on side. The Islam side. Street. Bottom line is, at the end, it was something like 100 kids from the Islam side that they started schooling. So the Christians had been or sorry, the Muslims had been slaughtering Christians, and Ahmed was in the process of trying to arm the church to fight the Muslims. Right. And then this this kid ran by his his hut, and instead of now fighting them, he is educating Amen. them. Amen. And what a he, what a blessing. Yeah. Bless them that the persecute you. Amen. Per- persecution and then how we respond to it in God's power can change things. I think so much of what we've talked about in the last couple weeks is basically love, showing love. How do you show love in your hospitality, in your giving, in your... um, We just talked at length about basically the do unto others and the whole bit. So whenever you're talking about blessing, and you said it, you pray for them, you give. um, I think that's, again, the theme is just showing love, putting legs to it. Um, but it is, but it's hard, but you're right. When you look at Christians as a whole, and I do think that now we are taking a beating. If you take a stand at all, um, actually I have the perfect, give me one moment because it's, it's kind of my, I'm just saying I can like mold it into that too, where it says, um, remember freedom of speech for everyone, unless you're a conservative, <laughs> Republican, or Christian. <laughs> Isn't that what right. it feels like? You better believe um, it. So you, I think you can't say anything unless you're being intolerant, you know, unless you be labeled as intolerant. Um, but at the same time, I think when people come against, oh, all you Christians, all you Christians, but if they're seeing, quote, all us Christians loving, giving, doing what we're supposed to do, that's the picture that God wants us to give no matter what the circumstance. Just enjoying ourselves. Yeah. That's right. Testament to victory. One, one preacher said, um, when you run out of your resources, run into his. And I think that, you know, when we talked about, quote, unquote, not having 
the fleshly ability to do this, but the supernatural ability to do it. And so when, when you run up again, and I mean, I, I've said it, and we've all said it. You know, well, I told that fellow exactly how I, you know, how I felt. You know, I, I gave him a piece of my mind. You know, well, how did that work out for you? Yeah. You know, well, I'm looking for a job. <laughs> okay, yeah. exactly. Um, but anyway, uh, so I think we get the point here. Amen. All right. Um, so we'll pause for a break. We're going to do, I'm just, uh, I'm just saying, do you have anything? Mm. Oh, me, oh, pick me, go first. pick me, pick me. I'm just so saying. You, you jump in there. That gopher was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, didn't he predict six more weeks of sun, or, or a summer? Of winter. Winter. Yeah. yeah. And we got six Re- weeks of summer. Like six more days, maybe. Yeah. yeah. And that, yeah, six more days. that was pushing it. I mean, literally, the next day, 84. Hey. And you know what? I got I got to go because I, I just got back off a trip. So I spent time in the airport. It's, it's fantastic to me. to If you pay a little bit of attention, you can tell where the liberal philosophy resides. And I'm just saying, St. Louis mm-hmm. Airport is a liberal-run facility because you cannot find a, a television monitor that's not playing CNN. Uh, just saying. Uh, and in Denver... <laughs> All Fox. Everywhere oh. you went, all Fox. Uh, good. I was like, good hey, I'm just saying, I like Denver <laughs> Airport. So I, I pose this to Brad. My, I'm just saying, I pose this to Brad on the week, and he kind of shrugged me off. Um, I was thinking about Melina Trump, and she did the Lord's Prayer at the rally in Florida. And I began to wonder, is is Melina a modern-day Esther? You know the story of Esther mm. where she such was... Such a time as this. Yeah, that just yeah, gave me such actually. Time as this, and... <laughs> She has maybe had the influence on Donald Trump, the casino strip club owner, to bring him around to, honestly, he's been more of a defense to Christians and Christianity in, the, in recent years than anybody I could think of. Maybe she is a modern-day Esther. She, uh, of course, we know he's had previous wi- wives, <laughs> and she's, of course, current wife. Maybe she's the, the reason, uh, part of the reason why um, President Trump has become a Christian apologist or defender? Just saying. Yeah. Maybe. Hmm. Yeah, well, I like it. What, yeah. yeah, whatever it is, I'm, I'm extremely grateful and thankful that, it, that it's happening. So you're going to have to refuse to follow the natural line of thinking here, okay? Uh, in other words, you don't want the mental pictures that may come from here, okay? Oh, great. But, yeah. That's quite Because that's not the intention. That's not the intention. La, la, la. Yeah. You realize I just got back from a... Uh, get away with my wife, all right? I'm just saying, pickup lines still work within the marriage that you are in. They just have to be genuine. Take it for just what it saying. is. I'm, I'm just down. saying, my pickup lines still said. work. I'm glad my husband's not here. <laughs> I don't know what's going on with you guys, but Gavin got all lovey on Facebook did today. He? Did he? <laughs> Throwing out. Did you tell? Did you, you know send what? that to him? No. I thought about that last week when we talked about what love means to us, and I thought of every every. Country and Western song from 1970 to 1985. <laughs> and then it wasn't uh, it wasn't Don Williams' I Love. It was uh, Tom T. Hall. Tom T. Hall's one. Are you sure Denise didn't have his phone? It's possible. He <laughs> might have been that. That's very possible. I don't think Denise ever heard that song <laughs> until today. Yeah. Hmm. Do you have one? Unless the monkeys yes. sing it. Do you have a, I'm no, just saying. I'm just saying. I haven't ever been outside in the dark here alone ever here yeah never well there's always people out there yeah. i mean there's always people so yeah. i had to run to my car for the second time and while i was out there 
there was a bat flying around and like you don't know you have fears of things until you're exposed to them and I'm like, "Ooh, I don't like bats." Gosh, you know, like kind of I mean, I was uh, I kind of yelled a little and did a duck like it was really going to dive bomb me. Didn't like it. And I was like, "I'm kind of scared. I'm kind of scared of the dark. I'm kind of scared of the cemetery and just the whole scene right now is a little scary." <laughs> And it <laughs> for real. And uh, I was thinking back, we did this like Tough mutter thing, it was ridiculous, but um, <laughs> like I didn't realize at the end of it, you know, I was like, you know what? I never knew I had so many fears. Like I'm afraid of heights now, but I've never been like 20 or 30 feet off the ground and had to jump. Like I'm afraid of going underwater. Like I had to swim under this bridge and I didn't want to go underwater. I was scared to death. Like I, I was a lifeguard. Was and all tonight? No, that was in the parking lot. It, it all brought on my fears, and I was like, I'm just saying, I have a lot more fears than I thought. I've, I've been walking around acting should like be, I'm so thick-skinned and tough. Use, and should be using this one for I'm getting. No, I'm getting older. That's oh, what I was no. going to say. Is I, I think you could no, merge that into the next. My segment. I'm getting older is sad. <laughs> it's so sad, but so, no, I'm just saying, and maybe it is I'm getting older because I, you know, you're not afraid of anything. You know, yeah, when you're Because I've said before, as part of my I know I'm getting older, there was some kid on a skateboard that was, like, going past me, and I was like, oh, there is no way. I would never put myself on one of those. And that's when I realized, like, yep. You're getting it's older. Over. It's over. I used to think of myself as Superman, you know, nothing can hurt me. Now I think of myself more like Humpty Dumpty. <laughs> I really yeah. Careful. I ain't doing that. <laughs> <laughs> it's, like, it's like four foot off the ground. I Have you seen in. the commercial like with Humpty four, Dumpty? Four foot off the ground. pretty good. <laughs> pretty good. All right, hemorrhaging yolk. Oh. All right. <laughs> All right. So, yeah, it's time. Segment it's, two. Yeah. Segment two. Move Moving right along. Moving on. So, um, I could fill the rest of the hour is, with spooky this stories. This is spiraling out of control, Tara. No, I should have never gone there. <laughs> yeah. As usual, I think that a lot, though. Um, so, Ben, you were on a trip this weekend. Yes. And I didn't even know you were, you know, really gone until Sunday morning, so forgive me for that. But what all... You had some interesting things to share. Yeah, so uh, the, the, what would the word be? The history here is that um, folks on the family came up with a tremendous idea several, several years ago called Pastor Appreciation Month, and that was shortly after I uh, started pastoring here. And so the church uh, wonderfully followed that lead, and our association was doing something called Pastor's Oasis, so they pray, paid would like to think they prayed also, but they paid for Dawn and I to go to that Pastor's Oasis in October. We did that for about seven years, and you know, as great as that was, we'd done it seven years, and so I went to the deacons, and I said, this was probably 12 years ago now, and said, would it be all right if you, because I told them, this is what you spend to send me on this trip, you give me that money in October, and Dawn and I will take a getaway every year. That's what we've done ever since then. And uh, first trip was to Vegas. But we no, I would have to be a deacon to do that, Gavin. But anyway, <laughs> that's how we knew you went. Well played, <laughs> well played. Below the belt. Turn so uh, keep the gloves up. That's right. When we um, when Dawn started working full time about seven years ago, that's when we moved our getaway to February, because with President's Day and usually there's a Friday there that. Uh, she was able to get off for day weekend. So we've been doing that ever since, and we go to Branson, and we just have a great time. Well, we have also vacationed in Branson for years and years and years with our family. Well, we've been to most, if not all, 
Well, you, no. You've worn Branson out, is yeah, what you're saying. Yeah, but we've been to a lot of the worship places, mm -hmm. you know. Because on Sundays, we go to church somewhere. And um, we've had some tremendous experiences and the such. But I just, I kind of felt like I had been there, done that with the churches that I was aware of. So I just was open for something new. And Todd will really get a kick out of this. Uh, I joked with Dawn and said, I just want to go to an old-fashioned, out-of-date Baptist church so I can feel good about how better we are than them, you know, type. <laughs> <laughs> and then I thought, nah, you know, Dawn laughed. And, uh, so we, I, I was praying about it, and, and it hit me about probably Saturday morning. I am 30 minutes away from the church that Brandon Burlesworth used to attend. And I thought, well, you know what? I think I... And I looked it up, and it's Faith Assembly, and I'm Baptist through and through, but I was like, well, I guess one Sunday wouldn't hurt, you know. Uh, maybe I wouldn't they didn't get, convert you. No, no, Sunday. I didn't get slain in the spirit or didn't, nothing. Didn't speak in tongues. Nothing, nothing. I didn't even give an offer. Because <laughs> I give my tithes here. So anyway, um, I, we went, and we had a ball. It was tremendous. They, they know how to party on Sunday yeah, morning. Yeah, yeah. They are very people. much like Bethel in that they need to go to two services. And I told their pastor that because he alluded to it, which reminded me of what we went through for many, many years. Because the, I'd say their auditorium would seat 350 folks, and there was at least 280 there, at least. I didn't count. I wanted to, but I didn't count. And it takes up a lot of the service. I'm just it saying. really does. It does. <laughs> well, so yeah. there was, um, they had a visiting uh, music guy and his wife there. And this was so funny because the after the first song, Dawn leaned over and says, I really wish I knew the songs. <laughs> and I leaned to her and said, I think the church, the whole church feels that way. <laughs> because the guy leading was singing a solo, basically. <laughs> and it, man, could he sing. And then when the pastor said, you know, so-and-so uh, and so-and-so -so are going to be here tonight, they are essentially candidating for the position. You know, it uh, made all the sense in the world. He brought his songs, and they didn't know them, you know. Uh, but, but still, again, it, it, it was a really vibrant. We stood the whole time uh, when they sang and such, and it was a very worshipful service. They had, so you were talking about, and I'm going to give my ignorance here, where is Kenya? Is Kenya Africa? Africa. Okay. North, is it yeah. North Africa? North Africa. Yeah. yeah North okay. East. Well, there was a missionary there that he has written a gospel track in their language, and just about every Muslim school in Kenya has asked him to send them that track. Cool. Yeah. Wow. So he is partnering with the SBC and another denomination and the Assembly of God. And they are trying to make it possible to give. Publish it and get it out. Huh? Publish Amen. it and get it out. And I went and talked to him and said, you know, would you be willing to talk to the BMA? And he said, man, I will partner with anybody. Anybody that will listen. <laughs> yeah. He'll partner with us. Yeah, he will partner anybody. with anybody. And so that was exciting stuff. And um, the series of the ser uh, services was um, s stories. And uh, he, he's preaching about you got a story. Tell it. And Don's like, that, that sounds, sounds familiar. familiar. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So it was just good all the way around. Well, while we were setting, we were greeted as we went in, and we always kind of test that to see how well they're doing to, to greet visitors. And 
you know, Todd has said it before, I would never encourage you to on purpose skip Bethel to just go check out another church. And if you do, don't tell me. But when you go on vacation, when you go and visit your folks, go to another church in that area and just check it out. Because you, it may not be a situation where you see how they're not doing something right. You, you may see how they're doing something right and bring that back to this type thing. Doesn't it, expo- it's, it exposes you to what, for me, it, right. it exposes me to what I'm not doing. Because right. if you go into a church that is not hospitable to visitors, you, you find that out quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yeah. And if you're just kind of like, okay, and that, that was a thing for me. Yeah. It was like, I don't ever want to be that guy. That's right. You know, I, I want to be one of those people in service that will have no problem going up to the, to the new person and saying, hi, how you doing? And, and, and I'm going to tell you, you may be sitting there and going, well, you know, I've not been approached to be a greeter. If you've been oh, here longer than six weeks, if, you are a greeter for this church. Amen. Type thing. So say, if, you, if you were here last Sunday, come see me. I'll put you on a team. <laughs> Amen. <laughs> Amen. But, but even beyond that, you don't yeah. even have to be on the greeting team That's right. to yeah. see a face that you don't recognize, if you will, and go to them and say, because this is exactly what her name was Melissa. She walked up to us and says, I don't know you guys. Yeah, and she puts out her hand and there says, my name's Melissa so-and-so. And, and we started talking. And I just said, and uh, Josh, I thought of you a lot in this situation because I know how much you love the movie as well. I said, I have to confess the main reason we're here is because <laughs> it's my understanding that this is the church that Brandon Burlsworth attended. And she got this huge smile on her face. She says, absolutely. And she said, and his mother usually sits right over there in front of the sound booth. And, and then she said, I don't think she'll be here today because she's been sick and such of that nature. And she said, but if she does come, I'll be sure and tell her that you said that you really enjoyed the movie. And I told her, I said, well, it goes way beyond just enjoying the movie. I'm a Razorback. You know, and I told her the story. Part of uh, the cult. That's right. Part of the cult. You bet. Did you all step out in the hallway? And have, no, I mean, was no, it, no. Was it a whole? <laughs> so, sacrifice a dove I, I, or anything. I just knew <laughs> that you guys would appreciate that story because we've talked so much about the movie Greater and Brandon Burlesworth. Uh, and I want you to know that, and, and Assemblies of God, you can look up their doctrine, yada, yada, yada. He preached a salvation message right down the line. Amen. It was excellent. It, it truly, truly was. And he was a wonderful. Uh, and I'm going to talk to you more about the website. Uh, some good stuff on the website. Sweet. But uh, anyway, so there, there, there's my two cents about uh, awesome. the church I went to. Faith is right. Anybody else? I came here on Sunday morning. <laughs> there we go. Yep. And it was good. Had Amen. Fantastic I, I heard service. great stuff. It was good. Yeah. It was really Did you good. get greeted? Well, and I mean, truth be told, and we say this every time, but we're like, man, you know, Brad, is so he's so good. Like we've already Nailed got it. one really great preacher, and when you're not here, Brad is a great preacher. I he mean, is. it's just you. It's a win-win. We just really have it going on here, and I'll tell anybody that listens and. Um, truly, and I think because I have children, and the Iwana program was one of the big reasons I wanted to check this church out. Um, but then getting to know Brad and seeing him in action with the kids, it's like that's who I want my kids under. Right. Like, I'm pretty well on a good path, and I'm still learning, and grow, but I am the most worried about my children at this phase no of the doubt. game, especially entering the teenage years. So um, just to, again. <laughs> Wait, you mean adolescence? <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> And I have said to them, as I said to bo- both of my 
you know, older teenage niece and nephew, I was like, there's going to be a phase where you guys just, there's a switch in the back of your head that says, don't do this, it's stupid, and I might get killed or hurt myself badly if I do this. That switch just gets Goes turned off. off for whatever reason. It turns back on when you're about 25 Four if you're a boy. Turns to, of watch girl. this. Yeah. <laughs> 25? I know. So How <laughs> It's the truth. How any of you make it to 25 so, is really so remarkable. Just to follow up on that story, and I don't mean to cut you off, but you're... It sounded you're like a man-hating... It wasn't. It, I don't think it was. Girls I'm not come out of it, it faster, way. is all I'm saying. This this could be a... I know, I know how you know you're getting older, because I was we, we went on a family vacation, and we went skiing, uh, snowboarding for me, and some some one person's uh, skis, uh, but we won't talk when about that. When you broke your um, arm on the... So, so, no, I was actually teaching Emma how, how to uh, snow. I didn't, it wasn't on the bunny slope. That was man-hating. That was rude. <laughs> this guy standing behind me says, I haven't skied in, like, 20 years, and, you know, I'm to the point hey, now. Hey, y'all, watch this. No, no, so he's in line behind me, and he says, you know, I used to do stupid stuff like jump cornices and stuff like that. And he said, but I'm not going to do that anymore. I'm smarter than that now. And I turned around, and I looked at him, and I said, how old are you? And he said, uh, I'm 48. And I said, good, I've got 10 years. <laughs> so I, I got a good 10 years oh, left of the stupid before I get that much paid. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm sorry, finish. No, finish that. that was just, you know, I'm telling them there's going to be a phase where you just, are, you know, your parents don't know anything at all and nobody understands and it's just all. And then, you know, you really you, do you feel old, There's a period in there where yeah. you feel like nothing can stop you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And your parents don't know anything. They are so out of touch, and we, then we, you realize, oh, they did know more than I thought. Shoot, <laughs> I we, gave them all that trouble for no reason. <laughs> <laughs> for You're no so reason. Stupid. True statement. Everybody said. We've got a uh, fellow in our association that is pretty high up. His name's Donnie Parrish, and Donnie says to his chagrin that there was one time at the dinner table that his dad stopped and said, Son, is there not one thing in this world that you don't know something about? (laughs) (laughs) And Donnie's response was, Nope. (laughs) Yeah. Humility. Humility, right. Yep. Yep. That's funny. All right. He's so still pretty high up. That's, I mean, he's not, he's really not that tall, Gavin. That's <laughs> <laughs> a chance for me. All right. So um, we have our break in the segment. And this is, I know I'm getting older because, oh, Saturday. And I know I'm getting older because I was asked to play on a volleyball tournament team <laughs> with some friends from high school. Oh, boy. And, uh, and which is fine. I can only play one game because, of course, my kids had obligations and I can't have fun because I'm a parent. So I did come to the first game and looked around, and it was like sheer fear at all the other volleyball players there because, for one, we were way old and, like, way unskilled compared to everyone else. I was like, ooh, they needed to do, like, this is for the old people who just want to try to get it back over the net. Right. And this is for the people that came to dominate and they take knew names. They yeah. meant. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And I, I was just like, wow, I know I'm getting older because, like, this doesn't even look fun. Yeah. This looks like, yeah, I'm here's my fundraising money. Oh, I'm going to go. The first spike, <laughs> yeah. like, flattens the ball, and you're like, I'm done. Yeah. i got to go yeah. to work. Goodbye. And I was like, you know what? I actually I did I'm say <laughs> that at one point. Like, listen, folks, I have to be well enough to work on Monday. So <laughs> this is a little too much for me. The meteor just hit the floor. My, my I'm getting older is, is the word stroke is used more in casual conversation my eyes. <laughs> I just, I just broke that. As a potential help. Denise will say something. I'll say, smile for me. <laughs> <laughs> so, see, pretty even. You know, so we do that back and yeah. forth. Can you smile for me? Smile real big for me, Gavin. 
Yeah. It's, yeah, e okay. it's even, yeah. all right. Does we just say something that, <laughs> where have you been? <laughs> well, okay, so you got to tell them it? the story about the girl in line at Six Flags. Oh, <laughs> true, so true story. This is years ago. We were in the uh, funnel cake line at, at Six Flags, <laughs> and these teeny boppers were in front of us. If I, do you know this story? Oh, no, teeny but it just were. made me think of another story. Jeez. <laughs> so we, we sh this skinny kid in front of us got her funnel cake, and we were next in line. We're standing at the counter. She sat down beside, right beside the window. She had her funnel cake, and she went, poof. <laughs> And her little cloud of <laughs> confectionery sugar, sugar. Yeah. And, and she came up and white on her face. She goes, "Oh my gosh, did I just pass out?" <laughs> I said, yeah, you did. You might want to stay down there for a minute. We'll get you something to drink. So from then on, when somebody does something stupid, we'll go, "Did I just pass out?" I was just gonna testify that that I mean I've been in the woods a lot with Gavin. And he says that all, all the, the time. time. Did, did I just pass out? Oh gosh, so now we're gonna go out? smile for me. <laughs> smile for me. <laughs> You're good. You're good. <laughs> All the time now. I'm telling you, look, look, they're oh, after me. Well, yeah, yeah. They're after me. Blood donor oh, services. Shoo, boy. Blood donor wow. services. I have worked me. in that funnel cake stand, and I can remember coming home from work, and um, like my friends didn't have to have jobs, which is good for them. But anyway, I remember walking in, and they're like, who smells like a donut? And I'm like, oh, it's me. I worked at the funnel cake place again today. <laughs> You That's have a, a good thing. Are you already done it? No. I, oh, go I, ahead. Did I do it? Yeah, no, I did. you did. Did I just pass out? Did you just pass out? Are you having a stroke? <laughs> was the one about where you asked yeah. the guy if you were yeah, I, got it was, 10 yeah, more years. Integrated. And that yeah. was my thing. Is I, I've been thinking all day long. I've been trying to, because this is the hardest one for me, because really? I'm really not oh, getting that much older. I mean, you guys are all a lot yeah, older yeah. than me. Yeah. And then I realized. That's when you know you really are getting older. Today's my birthday, so I kind of am getting earlier. Is it today's really? his birthday. I'm oh, so ill prepared. So that was my wah wah wah. Well, if there's a candy bar in the office for you, have that's right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Moving on down. <laughs> Maybe that's it. His birthdays just don't mean not as a much. big deal. They anymore, yeah, you know? it's not. It's a Wednesday it's in February. <laughs> 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 I like something. Yeah. All Happy right. Birthday. All right. So for our third and final topic, if you were here last week, it shouldn't be too much of a surprise. We did evaluation questions. And they were good, and we made it through the first five out of ten. So uh, I don't tonight think we got we're it all going the way through four, though. Did we only the, make the it through three, four? If you could do three things, we're going to do then one. five through ten tonight. If we're in a, um, if a miracle happens and we make it through six of them, I, but I read these and I am not participating. <laughs> Fair enough. I, I read these and it scared me to death. Yeah, is I mean, I literally was. I ran away. I threw my phone out in the field <laughs> and just ran away from it. Like I am not. I am not giving new. up turkey season. No, I, no. What he's no. wanting to say is I'm not old enough to evaluate. I, That's I what he have, wants to say. Yeah. No. So number five is if I could only do three things in my lifetime, what would they be? And so basically, the idea behind this is three goals that you would like to reach or three problems you would like to solve. One of the freeing things that this book did for me years ago, or, and Bob Beal specifically, is because I, I'm, not, I'm not very good at goal setting. I'm certainly not very good at reaching any goal that I do set. I have found myself to be a little more adept at problem solving. And so if you're one of these that goals scare you or you just don't seem to ever reach them, you may be more of a problem solver. And the reality is, is it's the same thing 
but it's kind of just a mental approach. And so uh, whether it's a goal or a problem, if it gets accomplished or solved, you've done well. And so what are three things that you absolutely, before you die, want to be able to say, I achieved these things? And and I would say that, that, you know, one or two of them are going to probably be obvious. You know, you you want to be a victorious Christian. But before you die, you want to be able to say, I get it and I do it. By the Lord's grace, I am an authentic Christian. Number two, I did well by my family. I was faithful. I provided for them. You know, fill in the blank. And then that third one could could basically be that, what would the word be? The X factor. The thing that might specifically be uh, up your alleyway. You know, um, one of the things that I hope that people can say about me is that uh, I care deeply about individual needs, I care deeply about people, so on and so forth, whether that manifests itself through how I do present messages, uh, whatever the case may be. But uh, again, it's, a, it's an evaluation question. Comments? Well, on what my three are? Or which, or if which, you want which to, sure. So, uh, all three, I, I, the things that I think that I would like to do to accomplish is, one, write a book, to check, probably, write a book. <laughs> so then three, write a book. So I, I think I've got two more books. I mean, one is done. The next one I'm three quarters through. And then I've got one more that I want to get done. That'll be three for me and I'm done. Three and done. Three books and done. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, uh, this was a hard question for me. And so I kind of was thinking about at my grandfather's funeral, honestly, um, just thinking back to that, whenever... I hadn't really been to a funeral of somebody I knew well, but just to hear what they spoke, how people are speaking of him and what people said about him. And then I was like, what do I want people to say about me? Mm -hmm. And I hadn't really ever thought about that. And, I mean, truly, they said things like, he was a man's man. He worked hard, and he loved his family. He was the happiest when his family was around him. And he loved God, and he loved people, and he, you know, never met a stranger, and he would take care of whatever people need, things like that. And I was like, man, those are the kinds of things I want people to say, that she worked hard, she loved her family, she wanted people around, she helped people. And that made that question easier to answer for me personally, just thinking what, I'm more like, what are you leaving behind? What are people going to remember about you? What do they think about you right now? I don't know of a single, if you will, death that someone has talked about. Man, he left the nicest boat I've ever seen. Right. Yeah. Right. Nobody cares. They don't, they don't about do that. It. No. They talk about the person. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, and and the such. Uh, very good. So number six, what should I resign from uh, or drop out of? Yeah. Uh, I don't, don't think you want to know ask. this. I don't think you want to know this. <laughs> As a pastor of my church, I don't think you want to know this. <laughs> yeah, well, it's not God's will, Gavin. So you <laughs> and Ben is the interpreter so of God's will. You better believe it. Right. You better believe it. Uh, what should I resign or drop out of? Remember, this is an evaluation question. Um, and, and so I will tell you this, that I was on a committee years ago now um, that twice a year for essentially three days, 
I was involved in. And six days, six days of a year, you, that's no big deal. Well, it, it really is. It, it really is. And with that said, I loved that committee. If they would have voted me to be on it again, I would have served happily. But I found out how you get reelected. You go around to people and say, would, would, would you put my name in? Mm. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. That's not how I got on the committee. Somebody just walked up and out of you know, nowhere just said Ben Kingston. And I, there were three spots. He nominated me for the first spot. I got voted out. He nominated me for the second spot. I got voted out. He nominated me for the third spot. Nobody else was nominated. I got elected. <laughs> it was meant to be? It was meant to be. I think, the, uh, I think the moderator even said, it was in Baton Rouge, Louisiana that year, he said, I don't even know who Ben Kingston is, and I'm pulling for him. <laughs> It was hilarious. You got the sympathy vote that time. I, you that better believe it. <laughs> yeah. And um, they were shouting after that vote. It was hilarious. So uh, I served on it for seven years. I actually did get reelected at one point. But then the, the third election came around type thing, and nobody nominated me. And I thought, I'm good. I'm good. And that was probably five years, maybe for sure, five years, maybe seven. And the guy... One of the men that are is involved in that committee, meaning he works for essentially the committee. Every time we talk, he says, "Man, Ben, I wish he's back on that board." And I'm like, "Well, I, I would love to serve, but I'm simply not going to politic for it. I'm not going to do it because I, I feel like that's something that God just did. That He took me off of it, so uh, it's Him to put me back on it. Sure. Is what I'm trying to get at. What do you guys think? That's a great question. He, that's not resigning, though. You just didn't get nominated again. you got to give us something you're going to resign from here, bro. Well, it says no or, pressure. Drop or, or, or drop out of. Or drop out of. See, I could have politicked, and I could have gotten elected, my name. Oh, right. He elected to not politic for that. Well, and, and I, well, I better not tell you too much of my plan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Ditto. Uh, and, 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 there, and there's absolutely, um, you know, because the bottom line is, is that we're all... We're all workers. You wouldn't be here tonight if you wasn't a worker. You're a doer. And so you're, you're on stuff. And, and most of it, if not all of it, is great. But there might be one thing that could probably go on without you. And I would encourage you to pray through that and, and get out of it if you can. We're going to move on to seven? Mm -hmm. All right. right along. What can I postpone, be it for a month, three months, or indefinitely? And I just want to start with that one. How, when you postpone everything, how do you determine that? Because, <laughs> I mean, pushing everything off for three months is, I mean, that's actually pretty short. <laughs> yeah. Ask Gavin in his driveway. <laughs> or Denise. Well, I kind of assume that if you say if I can postpone it indefinitely, you're saying I can kind of scratch this one off of my list. Maybe that relates back to number exactly. six. Exactly. And uh, that's why I was thinking a lot of these are talking about delegating your time and, you know, scratching the things that just don't matter, which I've already... Um, I've already had to do that, to be honest, sure. because I, I and I describe my life as I am in the trenches right now between the kids and their schedule and church and work and every obligation that we have. I have already scratched like multiple things, including like hobbies and sitting on the couch and lots of things are off my list. And 
Uh, I feel like it's probably going to be that way for a little while, and I'm okay with that because I do feel like the things that are most important, time with my family, being here, um, work as I have to work. It's not an option. Um, but those uh, everything that I'm doing right now with my time is basically like I have Mandatory. stripped things right. out that don't need to be. Well, I'm like bare bones right now as far mm -hmm. as the schedule. Only the necessities. Well, and so one thing that you can do with this to, to if someone has not yet got to, to that level is ask your family, ask your spiritual advisors this question. What is something that you believe I could give up? You know, and um, other comments. That's dangerous. Ooh, yeah, it, it is. This, I'm telling you. I looked at this and I was like, I don't. I, want, I don't want anybody to tell me this. I know. I was thinking. I don't, I don't want to know. I already <laughs> hardly talk to people. <laughs> <This should laughs> go out to dinner. Some, talk to my friends. Was that? What, <laughs> did you say I, what? What other people think about me? And I, I'm telling you, the first thing I thought was, I don't want to know. Things about me. <laughs> it ain't gonna be I good. Don't know. <laughs> I don't think highly enough of myself as it is. That's really not gonna help. I can Scary relate this question. to the. I, I know I'm getting older because I don't feel like I can postpone anything. I feel like once it goes in the postponed, you know, and it's done. I'm to You're the age done. where if I postpone, I, I'm just saying I'm not gonna do I'm that. I'm not gonna yeah. do that. Yeah. Off my well, and I think that's the point. That, that's the yeah. if you can postpone it. You don't need important. to do it. Right. Yeah. It, it's but there's so many things that I really need to do. Let's say you're not that are. I thought you meant Where? like it may not get done because you're <laughs> going to have a stroke. I got to cut line at, at McDonald's. Smile, smile for us. Okay, number eight. What things on my to-do list can someone <laughs> else do at least 80% as well as I can? Wow. This is huge. <laughs> Bob Beal said this, uh, and I, I probably honestly, when I started pastoring, and it is difficult to do. Because if you're like me, the most of the things you're doing, you want to do, type thing. But in a leadership role, if you can give something up to someone that can do it 80% as well as you can, you should. Now, obviously, the leadership of the Holy Spirit is king here. But, I, you know, in, in this respect here, we're, we're taking that as a, an obvious assumption that the Holy Spirit has led you to these evaluations. And so you get to this point. Can someone do what I'm doing 80% as well? And that's the conclusion I came up to with the advisory committee. It's going on fine without me, you know, type thing. And so I'm free of that. Um, I, now, early on, I learned very quickly, I am never to do a treasurer's responsibility i do not and i there's not an entity within the bma that i have not been asked to be a treasurer for type thing but i always tell them no i'm not doing money i'm not and and they immediately think well what, what are you a criminal you know mm -hmm. no but you give me five dollars to put in the account i'm gonna forget why i put it in my you know uh, pocket, and then the later, yeah, that's right. right. <laughs> Look, the Lord has given bless you know, me. They bless me. Yeah. That's right, and, yeah. and it will be unintentional, but it will be bad nonetheless. <laughs> so, uh, I, just stuff that, like that's that. why people like I, here, like with T-shirt money, somebody tried to give me a twenty. I'm like, don't, no, 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 no. Denise, that is, that is not how. And this I would works. say the same thing as the treasurer's husband. Do not give it to me. Give it to my wife. Give it to my wife. What? So, any comments on that, guys? Truth. Yeah. 
Truth, good, good stuff. Number nine, what are the elephants in my schedule? I'm kind of like... Uh, Is elephants bad? Yes, elephants are bad. Maybe not to a veterinarian. I, why, why are elephants and gorillas always in use? I mean, they're not... Those, they, they the elephant like in the room and the... Yeah, the 800, gorilla. 800-pound gorilla. You, have you room? seen... I digress. Have you seen the uh, trailer for Skull Island? No. They're flying in the uh, helicopters, and the one guy says... Is that a monkey? It's <laughs> <laughs> about that time a palm tree in the helicopter. <laughs> I've got to see that movie. I can't wait. Okay, so I have no idea what, what are about. the elephants? I'm pretty sure it's in King, King Kong. King Kong. Oh, oh, yeah, King, King Kong. Kong. What are the elephants in my schedule? I, I'm like Tara. I've I've gotten rid of all the elements elephants uh, in my humble opinion. Don't ask Dawn. Uh, but um, that is a good question. I, is there something uh, that is huge? That again, somebody could do eighty percent as well. Let it go. Comments. Or I mean, something that just stresses you out. Like well, you're not. Yeah, it's, it's making you amen. a person don't you don't do want to be. Yeah, yeah. If you're thinking, man, this is like more stress than my family should have to deal with out of me. So I'm gonna. So I've done that before too. Like this is too much stress. I I don't need it. Five Nobody of the last nine questions answered to five of the last nine questions was my clinic. <laughs> <So> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Looks <laughs> like I'm going to look for a new well, career here. So at the church that I youth pastored at before I came back here, uh, there was an entity, or we'll put it that way, that ran the kitchen and so uh, for the camp. So when I got there, somebody said, would you be willing to work in the camp kitchen? I'm like, sure. And so when I showed up at the camp kitchen, I got ran down on how this would be ran and how it wouldn't be ran, what would be done and what wouldn't be done, so on and so forth. I served one meal and I went back to that person and said, they don't need me and I don't need that. <laughs> and that's where I came away from, never trust a skinny cook. Mm-mm. He won't even eat his own cooking. <laughs> Don't trust Much the skinny cook. Anyway. Much of it, right. <laughs> okay. What three things could I do in the next three months that would make a 50% difference? I love this. I have yet to be able to effectively do it. <laughs> but but I, I love how it helps you focus in on three specific things. In the book, he talks about that uh, one of the CEOs that he advisors told him that this is a question that they use for their people because he said most people are asking the question, what's the 300 things that we can do in the next five years that will bring about 100% difference? And he said that's simply never going to get boiled down to a conclusion. So instead you ask, what are the three things that I could do in the next three months that would make a 50% difference? Comments? Sell the clinic. Number one. <laughs> <laughs> clinic uh, had to open up a lot of my schedule right there. It, it sure would. It would put me in the poorhouse too, but. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, not God's will. <laughs> yeah. um, somebody, just so we could maybe close this in prayer, just to wrap it back around from the beginning. And uh, I wasn't sure how to fit this in. And um, when we were talking about persecution, and Christians are being, for sure, persecuted far worse in other countries outside. Sure. Somebody texted, and I don't know the statistic. It looks like it says it's from the GatestoneInstitute.org that a Christian is slaughtered every five minutes worldwide. Does that, I don't know that to be the gospel truth, but I know people are being literally killed. 
um, for their belief. And then someone else texted him, my friend from Thailand and her entire family had to flee for their lives. Um, she ran a home. It was a Christian school, like an in-home school, and uh, her hu- the father helped. Her husband was fired from two jobs for reading his Bible. Then her dad poisoned, and finally their home burnt. I have not heard from them since December 17th. Mm. Um, just something worth praying for. Did you have... Yes, uh, I was uh, sending it here. Uh, according to Dawn, uh, two girls saved in TNT. Woo-woo. Oh, man. God yeah. is good. Yeah. Woo-hoo. Yeah. Woo-hoo is what she said, not woo-woo. Oh, that's a praise. Yeah. That's... Amen. That is a praise. That's why we're doing what we're doing, folks. Yeah. Um, and uh, I'm, I'll give you more of the story Sunday morning. But you may remember uh, several weeks ago now, John Rayfield brought a friend of his named Daniel uh, to church here, Daniel is facing terminal illness. Uh, Daniel had been saved previous uh, in his life, but he wants to be baptized, so he's going to be baptized this Sunday. And so uh, be praying for Daniel. Uh, he spent the better part of the today uh, in the hospital. Uh, so uh, pray that he can make it Sunday. He bad wants to get baptized, and I bad want to baptize him. So uh, the Lord's doing some amazing things here. Uh, and, you know, for these folks here, the Holy Spirit will lay it on your heart to pray. And there may be even times you don't know where or why, but somebody needs some additional help type thing. Right. And I, just to clarify, yeah. I was by no means when I said that about persecution, meaning worldwide. I'm more... No, no, absolutely. Our, oh, yeah. America. We, me, meaning me, Todd, yeah. in where I live, I don't face persecution like right. those folks who are being beheaded and that are being persecuted and are being killed. I mean, China, you look at China, you look at uh, the Middle East, there's definitely persecution. I was more trying to contrast that with the verse. So, right. I, and then this goes out in podcast land, so I don't want anybody to take from that statement that, you know, that there was not Christian persecution anywhere, more so that we don't face it as much in no, the No, we States don't. I don't feel as, unsafe in right, America as exactly. a Christian. Could yeah. that day come? Absolutely. Have, yeah. Sure. Fantastic. And, and I'll have to say this, too, that um, there... Almost every country, both elements are at work. And, and you, you can look on just about any uh, website that you want to, a political website, and you can see someone standing boldly for Christ in one story, and you can see someone being persecuted for standing for Christ in the next story. Yeah. And China has that going on. China is clamping down on one side, and on the next side... Churches are registering all over the the nation. Mm-hmm. The gospel is advancing uh, in these nations. So we, we Se- praise God for that. What's the number? 70,000 people 70, a day? 70,000 Christians a day worldwide are coming, coming to Christ. Christian. Wow. Conversion. And the majority of them are happening in China, correct? Yes. Uh, Muslim and, yeah. and China. Muslim well, nations. Wow. Right, just on a... On a fun end, on a funny note, yeah. uh, Randy Rayfield said, for one of the three things that you want to do in your life, everybody wants to be a Marine. I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> Hoorah. All right. God bless you guys. Thank you for Thanks coming. Everybody. Excellent yep. crowd tonight. Thanks.